When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscovered Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! special episode of Horror Movie Night. Adam denies a gypsy, Scott steals a necklace, and Matt puts a curse on them both. Join us, won't you, when we discuss Drag Me to Hell on Horror Movie Night. Oh my god! Oh, that was so good! (laughs) It's like like an episode of Inside the Actors Studio. No, no, no. That was the beginning of fucking lore. That was amazing. <laughs> Holy shit. So this is going to be one of the tougher ones to talk about because usually when we're discussing any movie on this show, it tends to be a movie that maybe one of us has seen. And if we've seen it, it's only something that we've seen once and it was probably years ago and it's not fresh in our minds. But I'm pretty sure all three of us love the movie Drag Me to Hell and and have seen it enough times that that this was kind of a breeze to watch because I just kind of could pop it in in the background and like do other things because I'd seen it enough times that I was like okay this is the next big plot point that I need to make sure that I bring up like it was a very easy to remember film unlike something like The Guardian where you know I had never seen it until that week so I had plenty of like what the fuck is happening thoughts going through my head uh, but we're going to try our best. So here we go. This episode was actually picked by a listener named Megan. She shot us an email, actually, so I'm going to read it. As I said, if you email us and you give us a pretty lengthy explanation on why you think we should do this movie, I'm more than happy to read the email. Uh, it says, I hope you guys are doing well. I've been listening to your podcast ever since the Evil Dead 2013 episode, and I have enjoyed your podcast ever since. I listen to this show whilst traveling university, and it definitely makes my journey go faster. Uh, I wanted to say that after listening to the Pumpkinhead episode, I realized that for once I agree with Adam for the most part, especially with his confusion around Matt and Scott's respect for the film. What do you two respect about this film? Aside from creature design, which is awesome, and the concept around Pumpkinhead, there aren't very many redeeming qualities. 
that had potential, but unfortunately it was wasted. Also, I'm emailing you with a film request. May I suggest Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell for a future episode? I love it, and it's one of my favorite horror, epi- horror films. The reason I suggest this one is because it's pretty crazy and can lead to a pretty good discussion, unlike The Forbidden Zone. I think you guys will like it. <laughs> yeah, that's right, girl. I think you guys will like it. Well, maybe not Adam, but Matt and Scott. I think you two will like it. Also, it'll serve as a break from some of the crappy films that you have to preview that you watch in previous episodes, even though they usually do have pretty entertaining results. Thank you for providing an entertaining show, and sorry for any broken English as I am currently writing this whilst sleep deprived. From Megan from the UK. So, oh, okay, then that's definitely um, Megan with Zombie Kitty Podcast. She has, uh, if she's from the UK, I'm I'm almost certain that that's her. She follows us on Twitter. She's really awesome. Um, go check her out, Zombie Kitty Podcast. All right, so. Now that we've got all the informalities out of the way, let's talk about Drag Me to Hell. So this movie yeah, opens... What, what do you mean I wouldn't like this movie? I, I love this fucking movie. This movie is... <laughs> I, it's, it's, how, I don't know anyone that doesn't like this movie. This yeah, movie's... but Adam, you tend to have an air of hatred okay, <laughs> around should most I take, movies. Should I, like, should I just take that, that stance? Should I just like be the guy that hates it throughout the episode? <laughs> no, no. I, sometimes it's charming to show that you have a soul. Um, so uh, the movie opens with this kid and he's being haunted because he stole a necklace uh and then he gets dragged to hell and it's a really fucking dark ending and like kind of sad i was like this is disturbing like this like it just disturbed me seeing a young child screaming as he's being pulled into hell by a bunch of demons um, but well, it I has, guess we just figured out why Adam loves this movie. Yeah, uh, but it's got that <laughs> that old hack Sam Raimi feel going right out the gate because uh, this was this was in the midst of of Spider Man movies. Uh, yeah, and this I think that that's like one of the bigger reasons why people like this movie is it really felt like a return to form for Sam Raimi, where you're like, oh. Okay, yeah, no, he still wants to do horror stuff every once in a while, which is, like, the biggest thing that I think people regret or dislike about uh, Peter Jackson's post-Lord of the Rings career is it kind of feels like he wants nothing to do with horror anymore, uh, whereas, you know, Sam Raimi... That's not entirely true, because he did Hellboy and Hellboy 2. He was going to do Justice League Dark. Uh, Those weren't weren't Peter Jackson. That was Del Toro. Oh, I'm thinking here. This is all Del Toro. Sorry, I'm an idiot. Yeah, I, yeah sorry. No. Chubby dudes with beards. Don't worry about it. <laughs> four, four, four and chubby dudes with beards, no less. The, praised by the geeks. <laughs> like They're the most yes. beloved, fat, chubby-bearded guys since like George R. R. Martin. Um, Can you imagine what a piece of shit Pan's Labyrinth would have been if it was directed by Peter Jackson? <laughs> Well, it would have been like seven hours long for starters. They would have broken it up. Yeah, and then at the end, there would have been no ambiguity. It would have been like, yeah, yeah, she went to heaven. She got on a boat and went to heaven. (laughs) So we start with this really dark opening, and then we jump to present day, and we meet Christine, uh, whose boyfriend's parents just don't like her for some reason. Uh, And in an effort to prove to her boss that she can be tough, she declines an old gypsy renewal uh, or an extension on her lease, which... uh, causes her to get a curse put on her okay which is side okay. note yes Justin Long, did this is this movie somewhat ruined by fucking tusk for you because it was for me i just can't look at him anymore uh my biggest issue is that 
uh, he's kind of a smug dick the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, I used to think that that was charming. I think yeah. I used to be like, "Oh, Justin Long, you smarmy little bastard," but now I just can't stand his face. Well, like it sucks because this movie—the biggest thing about this movie, which is kind of rare in a lot of other films—is like I sympathize with Christine the entire movie. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, she is a really good-hearted person who is trying to make it in the big bad corporate world and makes a decision that she probably shouldn't have made. And, like, is forced into having to do horrible things in order to not get dragged to hell to burn for all eternity. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of the... And, like, her boyfriend is just sarcastic and unsupportive and thinks that she's crazy and, like, isn't helping the situation at all. Continues he is to talk- such a condescending prick. He's yeah. just, like, patting her on the head. Like, yeah. oh, no, it's not real. You're just crazy. Don't worry. Yeah, and, like... Let's be honest, that opening scene, motherfucker could have taken his mom off speakerphone. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, she just left the room. Like, I can't imagine how far she could have possibly been for him to be like, oh, she's trashed my girlfriend. Let me keep it on speaker and hope that she's not in earshot anymore. Yeah, seriously. I have an, uh, I have an issue with, like, the entire premise of this, okay? So I'm going to read you the note itself, all right? So this fucking old hag doesn't pay her bills has already had two extensions, blames her lack of work on her blind eye, but is just zippity doo fucking fighting people and shit, doing all sorts of stuff. But somehow this woman deserves to get cursed to hell. Fuck off. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, if we're assuming that this is the same gypsy from the uh, that, that cursed the little boy as well, I'm not sure, but I feel like it's... Oh, is that implied? I don't know if it's implied, but if it's the same, like, medium later on in the movie that's trying to fight this demon, it could be. See, I never once thought that, but that that's it's a cool concept. Um, I, I don't personally think that's true. I think it's just that that woman has been looking for redemption for having let that uh, child die yeah. when she was young. But, I mean, I, I feel like that gypsy has probably never cursed anybody else. I'm pretty sure because it seemed like she was like, she was unhinged, but not like really of. Maybe I don't want to say that she's not a vindictive person because she sucks. Well, no, but here's the thing: every like, let's let's look at the two things that got people cursed: uh, stealing a necklace and then trying to return it, but then refusing the necklace and not being given a loan extension for not paying your bills after two previous extensions. Like, these are, like, the pettiest of petty... I feel like this gypsy curses people who, like, don't bag her groceries fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's... it, But it does lead me to, like, one of my favorite stupid tropes in horror movies, which is just gypsy curses. Ever, ever since I saw the trailer for Thinner, I've always loved the concept of a stupid gypsy curse. <laughs> And can we just talk for a second about how goddamn smoking hot Deborah Kara Unger was in Thinner? Man, she was hot in Thinner. I thought you were about to talk about the gypsy in this movie, and I was going to get no. really concerned Hell about no. you, Scott. Um, uh, this movie, yeah, she did. She did look like, pretty hot. Like maybe she had a fever from syphilis or something like that. Uh, no, uh, and the thing is, I was like, maybe that's a, an, a a totally not unattractive person that's dressed up like an unattractive person. And no, she is pretty haggard looking, like in real life. And I, I was, I was like, okay, well, I guess I was wrong there. <laughs> um, but I will say that, like, 
watching that scene, I could never be a lone officer because that scene is heartbreaking to me when she like gets down on her knees and she's like, please, I'm begging you, I'll have nowhere to live. And I would be the person to be like, I'm sorry, you get the extension. Like, I would have no will to kick anybody out of their house no matter what the circumstances. But maybe I that's agree. just me. Okay. Thank no, no, no. You. That's, I think that's the kind of the whole point is that it's more exposition. Well, the thing that, and I don't know if Sam Raimi wrote this, but, His brother um, wrote it. Okay, Ted? Uh, Ivan. No, him yeah. and Ivan both wrote it. Okay, well, Ivan came up with the concept and then they wrote it together. Ivan well, attributed uh, to story. Okay, well, in any case, this movie does a great thing that some other movies that we watched recently do, did not do, which was um, it, it does exposition the correct way where it tells it through the story and by world building and example, instead of sitting you down and being like, here, let me tell you this tale. Um, and, and uh, I, I, I kind of disagree. Like the psychic medium, um, the, the well, brown okay. gentleman, he, he kind of just like starts blurting stuff out, but it, it, it's yeah, needed to push the plot forward. It's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about um, explaining Christine's life. Like, her personality. Sorry, that's what I was talking about. Is, like, she's an expat girl who is, like, trying very hard to be accepted and and successful. And just, you know, like, so she's got this boyfriend who's, she's never, they've been dating for a fucking year. And she's never met his parents. And her parents, his parents are constantly dogging on her. Um, I believe she said that one or both of her parents are dead. Uh... She is trying to get this big, big um, promotion at her job. And so that's why she's being kind of ruthless. She's, that's not her personality. And then he's like, well, if you don't want to give her an extension, then I guess we're going to have to give this promotion that you want very badly to asshole Mark, Mike, whatever his name was. Um, so, yeah, like... I, I think that that's what they do well is by showing what her personality is and that she doesn't really want to do this. And so you feel bad for her when she gets cursed because you're like, oh, it couldn't have happened to a, it, like, you know, a nicer person. Literally, she's a super nice person and she made one misstep and now she's going to be damned to hell for all eternity. And that kind of sets up that feeling of dread in this film, which, like, I, I love this movie, but I think this is only the fourth time I've ever watched it, which is, I mean, I guess that's a lot, but... Not as much as if I didn't feel so much dread watching this movie, this would definitely I've definitely watched this movie once a year because it's a lot of fun. But I just know, like, no matter what she does, she's getting damned to hell. And so, I mean, I even knew that the first time I watched it. I was like, I, I'm pretty sure that she's done for. So I don't know. I just feel like that kind of hurts my watch of this film. I mean, it really makes it so that you care about her. But the dread and just foreboding is is hard for me to get through this yeah it's like you start the movie knowing that it's not going to end well that she's definitely not going to get out of this and then it's 90 minutes of her just getting fucking brutally tortured like like she just has all this awful shit happen to her and you're like well i know i know this isn't going anywhere good it's only gonna get worse from here like there is a, a sense of like Ugh, this just sucks for her so bad. Yeah, 
I mean, she gets she gets her hair ripped out. She gets vomited on multiple times. Dude, the amount of of projectile anything in this movie is out of control. Do you guys remember when um, everybody on Reddit was talking about? I think it's like our movies were talking about how they thought that this movie was a uh, an allegory for for um, uh, Christine being a bulimic. Uh, I vaguely do. I, I don't really think it holds up. It's just kind of a fun little aside to think about because, like, uh, there's a lot of things going in and out of her mouth in this movie. Like, yeah, roasting. but that's a stretch. She mentioned she was it fat. Is. She's skinny now, but there's a lot of puke in the movie. Like, you're you're connecting dots that are are on the other side of the fucking page. Like, it's just right, and it it, it doesn't bookend itself well enough at the end to uh, to to really give that hypothesis any credence because she still gets dragged to hell i mean spoiler alert everybody it's, it's on the cover of the movie is literally hands pulling her down into flames is is the cover of the dvd right yeah. you know and, and that's that's also i think one of the things i like most about john dies at the end is that he doesn't die at the end oh man spoiler <laughs> everybody knows that <laughs> um all right, so so let's let's jump ahead a little bit. Uh, so, Christine, wait, is... wait, I want to I, I want to count them up. Let's let's see if we can think of all the times that she got gross shit in her mouth. All right, so <laughs> right, so so she first up would be the fly when she's sleeping. Yep. No, uh, no, no, no. You're missing one. You're missing when the 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 battle in the car before she gets cursed. She gets like. Oh yeah, her teeth fall her, out, and then she yeah, gums like, all over her mouth. Yeah, that is probably the grossest thing. That and and the bug scene. Actually, the bug scene might be the grossest because she actually has living bugs and maggots in her mouth. Allison Lohman is a fucking trooper, and she did not get paid enough. I don't know what her salary was for this movie, but it was not enough. This is like phenomenon level gross bugs in your mouth. She and Jennifer Connelly should start. A uh, support group for actresses who have had bugs in their mouth. <laughs> um, okay, what's next? So the the nosebleed Let's, scene. There's I guess? The, yeah, okay, there's wait, the wait, nosebleed wait. scene. One. Wait, wait, you guys are doing it out of order. One, uh, the 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 slobber in the car. Two, uh, bug in her bug in her nose and mouth. And then does that count as two because she gets the the fly that goes in her mouth, and then she gets bug vomit all in her face. Does that count as one or two? Oh, okay, yeah, you're right, right, because she lies back down, and then the, the old lady rolls over, and it's like that dream sequence. Okay, yeah. so that, no, that'll be that'll be two separate ones, so the fly, and then the bugs, and then the nosebleed. Yeah, bl- blood vomit, and then we get... The, the dead uh, body vomit, the, which dead is... Dead body, so she's get, got yeah. the, the, the embalming fluid. Embalming fluid, fluid. yep. And then there's also, like, she coughs out the fly at the dinner party. Yep, yep, yep. And six, and then she... That's it, six, right? Because nothing. No, happens. no, no. Because because the when the guy pukes up the kitten at the exorcism scene, oh. <laughs> the the kitten splatters on the ground and it explodes g- g- goo in her face. Okay, so are we, guess- are we also counting when the gypsy punches a her fist down her throat? Did we include that? That's eight. That's eight. <laughs> Yeah, yep, yeah. I'd say that. Now, now she is in the the grave when it floods with the the gypsy too. So she's probably swallowed like a bunch of gross dead gypsy grave water as well. Yeah, yeah, we can count that as an honorary nine. <laughs> yeah, so I think nine different gross things happen 
in or around this girl's mouth <laughs> throughout this movie. We're also not counting all the time she probably went down on Justin Long, so that's that's just way beyond. Ugh, you had to take it there, that, this, Scott. I did. This is also so. This is way grosser than Jennifer Connelly, fifteen-year-old Jennifer Connelly in Phenomenon. So we <laughs> so we get into the first of many exposition scenes when she visits a psychic, who just tells her like, "Hey, you're probably cursed." Uh, but then she goes to a therapist who's like, oh, you're probably just suffering from stress from, from trauma. Uh, but then she continues to be haunted by dreams of the gypsy. Um, and then she vomits blood all over her boss and kills a cat and then freaks out at her boyfriend's parents' house and uh, basically decides it's time that she goes and visits a medium who might be able to take this curse off of her. Uh, so yeah. she sells literally everything that she has to get this ten grand. Which seems steep, seems like a steep price for a character whose storyline is she once let a kid get dragged to hell and wants redemption, but she also wants ten thousand dollars. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Is both like the 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 first medium, the the guy is like, I can't take your money, but then he takes her money, and then the medium who's trying to redeem her own life by by get, getting revenge on the Lamia. Is like yeah, <laughs> ten grand, please. And then does <laughs> yeah, I feel like, like <laughs> they're all like, yeah, we want to help you, we want to try, but uh, I mean, chances are this is not gonna work, so might as well get a little something out of it <laughs> while we're at it here. <laughs> no shit. Uh, so she she dies. The the medium dies, but the demon is still on the loose. Uh, there is a ridiculous scene in which a goat starts screaming nonsense. I don't. Oh, I, man, I love that part. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, I don't want your fucking cat or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's so ridiculous. I just, I, I, that that scene is so Evil Dead too. It hurts. Like the first time I watched this movie, I was like, "Whoa, Sam Raimi! <laughs> I know that you probably only have like three three creative concepts that you want to rehash in your in this film, but man, this is just way too obvious." Uh, so the psychic tells her that there is a way that she can pass this curse. But the only way to do it is essentially she there's a button from her jacket that is like the cursed object that she has to give that to someone else. So while she's trying to figure out who the best person is to give it away to, she suddenly realizes after talking to the psychic a second time that she can give the button to the gypsy that cursed her in the first place. Prior to Wouldn't this, you she- have checked, though? Like what? Like the, the ending of this movie is so frustrating because – You'd open up the goddamn envelope and check. Yeah, you don't need to shove the whole envelope in her mouth. You just got to give her the fucking button. So, yeah, so the the whole thing kind of hinges on the fact that she's uh, so she decides that she's going to give this button to the gypsy. But due to some circumstances, she drops a bunch of stuff in her boyfriend's car, uh, including the envelope. So she grabs the first envelope that she finds that feels like it has a button in it, but it actually has a coin in it because her boyfriend collects coins, and she shoves that into the gypsy's mouth instead. So it's revealed at the very end, while everything's going great for her and she thinks that the curse has been lifted, that she, in fact, did not pass on the curse and falls onto a set of train tracks and then is dragged to hell as a train runs her over. Uh, And it's pretty horrifying um 
there's definitely a moment where her face just turns into a complete skeleton just before she gets pulled and her under. Eyeballs pop out. Yeah, yes, it's, it's pretty dope and gross. So hey, why do you guys think? Had her fall on the train tracks and the Justin Long go, oh God, oh God, oh God. Was it so that, that her disappearance into hell could be explained away by her getting hit by a train? Because there's no body. Yeah, I mean, I know that Justin, uh, supposedly, I'm assu- or at least I'm assuming Justin Long also can see her getting pulled under by the hand. Yeah, he saw that. He absolutely saw that. Yeah. Yeah, that was what it was. It was all for that sort of reaction shot from Justin Long where he's like, He's down there, and he's reaching for her to try and help her get off the tracks. And then it, like, cracks open the ground, and the flame starts shooting up. And he reels right back, and he's like, what the fuck is... What? And, like, and then it's just not even about the train anymore. He's just sitting there, like, watching it, like, what is going on? And he, like, that was some good acting in that scene. Like, just the look on his face after it, like, closes back over. Like, he looks stunned. Like, he looks like he'll never be the same again. I, if I saw the woman that I loved get taken down to hell, I would probably never be the same either. Just just a conjecture. Yeah, that would probably fuck me up for life. <laughs> I love how Matt had to ruminate on that for 20 seconds to make mm. me feel like an asshole. I, he's like, ah, oh, seeing the, the love of my life get dragged into a bottomless pit of suffering. Uh, yeah, yeah, gay. It, it would it'd probably suck. That would, that would <laughs> wreck my Tuesday. That would wreck, wreck my Tuesday. My Tuesday, Tuesday yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, I do love this movie, though. I, I haven't watched it in a really long time, so this was actually... The CGI does not stand up, though. Uh, depending on the scene. Like, like I that think ending scene is rough. That ending scene is rough, but I still like it more than, say, like, the vomiting blood scene looks really rough. <laughs> like, there's... No, the vomiting blood scene wasn't CGI, though. The vomiting blood scene was... She had a... a oh, no, 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 no. sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm thinking of... Sorry, I'm thinking of um when the gypsies head gets smashed in by the anvil and her eyeballs fire out of her oh. face. Oh, hey, does, yeah. that, does an eyeball go into her mouth? It doesn't go into her mouth. No, it lands well, on her face. Well, that viscera just kind of smacks against her face and her mouth is open, so it's not like anything directly goes in there, but just some splatter goes if in there. If we're counting the, the demon saliva on the dead kitten, then that counts as number 10 with the viscera on her mouth and face. And then we're also forgetting that the handkerchief goes down her fucking throat at the end when she's going to the graveyard. So we have 11 gross things in her mouth. That's true. That, that was what I wanted to bring up. There is three times in this movie where there's a jump scare involving a handkerchief. <laughs> the jump scares were a little annoying. And, you know, I feel like such a poser for being like, I love this movie and the amount of jump scares in it. I don't mind the ju- because I don't have a thing against jump scares. I have a thing against bad jump scares. Well, I uh, thought that those were bad jump scares. I truly no. did dislike the jump scares in this film. The first one in the parking garage with the handkerchief, yeah, bad jump scare. <sighs> sorry. Oh, oh, I'm so, sorry. Yeah, Mr. Kelly, do you want to go back to bed? You little, <laughs> you little nap in a juice box over there? <laughs> <laughs> There's not much more that I have to say about the movie. Like it's it's just a good throwback to what Sam Raimi used to do with with modern special effects. Uh, thank you, Megan, for for suggesting it uh, because I probably would have put it off for for a while uh rewatching it so i'm glad that i got to rewatch it and now it's kind of one of those movies i'm like i kind of want to watch it again like also but, it was nice that when we were discussing whether or not we were going to do it all three of us were unanimous like yes drag yeah. me to hell which never happens yeah very rarely there's like a fight over who has to listen man we watch this for you <laughs> like, um, yeah, most of the time though that's us arguing with each other about the shit picks that we're trying to talk the other two into 
Basically. Yep. But that's the fun of the show. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! So what did you guys watch this week? So I watched, I found, because of a couple weeks ago we watched The Guardian, and I said that I found... I didn't have to like buy it or find a copy anywhere specific because it was on it was in two p- parts on Vimeo, um, and uh, in the sidebar on Vimeo there were a bunch of other horror movies and one of them was Mausoleum 1983. Have you guys seen that? No, I've always seen the cover though. The cover is amazing. The movie is absurd. I watched about half of it and I don't I could not tell you what the, the plot is. <laughs> I saw a lot of people die, but. Um, it's just ridiculous. I think that we could get a really good... I was going to say, some future pick? It might be a future pick because it's just so crazy, but it also might be a Dragon Wind level pick where... or uh, Demon Wind level pick where it's just too weird to actually get any commentary out of it. So I'm going to have to finish watching it before I decide whether or not I, I subject the two of you to it. But that said, Adam... I have some awful news for you. Uh oh, what what? What do you Did you hear that they're doing a Pumpkinhead remake? Oh, I did hear about that actually. Yeah. Yeah, I did hear about that. Well, how do you feel about that? I feel like I'm never going to watch it and therefore my quality of life will remain the same. <laughs> <laughs> you you could make a good Pumpkinhead movie just, you know, write a script and have stuff happen. Dude, there's tons of shit that happened in that movie. A kid got killed. Yeah, you're right. At uh, Starting at minute 55, things happened in that movie. Absolutely. So I watched two uh, horror movies that I had purchased when there was a big sale on uh, on horror movie Blu-rays on Amazon that I loaded up on. Uh, and I watched... One of them is, is fun, but we'll never talk about it on the show. The other one is fun, and we might talk about it on the show. Uh, so the one that was fun, but we'll never talk about, was Body Bags. It's an anthology film starring John Carpenter as like a weird Crypt Keeper character. And it's so we won't be watching that one? No. Uh, it's three short films, each one by a different horror director. They're okay, but they're like not really discussion-worthy in any big no, way. Um like the first one's really kind of boring. The second one is dumb until the very like final reveal, and then the third one is literally like the same plot that we've seen a thousand times, just slightly tweaked. Uh, it's called The Eye, and it's that Mark Hamill plays a great like a, a minor leagues baseball player who's going to go to the big leagues, but he gets in a car accident that removes his eye, but they give him a new eyeball from a serial killer. And then he starts taking on the serial killer's personality and traits. And it's like, we've seen that in like four or five different movies where it's like, oh, an organ transplant from a serial killer. And now they turn into the serial killer for some reason. Um, Yeah, that trope is ancient. That's fucking, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the second story is worth it just for the, the big reveal at the end. But all in all, like, it's one of the few movies where I can say this. The wraparound story is so much better than any of the actual films in the movie, which is weird. Because um, usually it's the complete opposite. It's like, okay, well, the shorts are all right, but goddamn, that wraparound story sucks. Uh, the other one that I watched is called Bad Moon. 
It's a, a werewolf movie from the late 70s, early 80s. And uh, it's got some cool werewolf stuff. It's got a ridiculous opening. Like, the first, like, five minutes of the movie alone, I was like, yeah, we got to pick this for horror movie night. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's a good, fun werewolf film. And I know that at least one of us, besides me, loves werewolf films. So, I oh, feel buddy, like... you just reminded me. It's 1996. This is one of the ones that I have not watched yet. Oh, oh, it's on Vimeo. Wait, wait, wait. Bad movies from the 90s? I thought it was from, like, the late 70s. <laughs> 1996. <laughs> okay, well, even better. Werewolf. Dude, dude. Oh, my God. I am so stoked. Are we going to discuss it? <laughs> uh, I mean, you can watch it first. And Oh, I see what I did. <laughs> the movie's 79 minutes long, and the 79 was right next to the year, so I read it as, 19... <laughs> I read it as 1979. I was like, man, this movie looks great for me from the 70s and 80s. Um, yeah, no, Bad Moon's super fun. So uh, I say you should watch it and let me know your opinion as well of, like, would this be a good episode or not? But, uh, yeah, I think it would be fun for, for some point down the road. Uh, so finally, Adam, what did you watch this week? Well, it's a good thing that we saved me for last because I didn't really watch anything this week. Um, so I'll just throw out um, a couple of shout-outs. Always, of course, shout-out to Gore Horseman Podcast. Uh, those guys just did an episode on Deathgasm, uh, which I know Scott has seen and then told us not to watch because Todd in the Book of Pure Evil was so much fucking better. Um, and then, obviously, yeah. And then Zombie Kitty, who we already mentioned, and uh, these guys named Scott and Liam versus Evil, who are a couple of Scottish lads, who um, I can listen to their podcast, because uh, I, I, I grew up around a lot of Scots, but if, if you have trouble with, with Scottish people accents, you're only probably going to pick up about 45% of what they're saying. <laughs> um <laughs> But those guys are fun. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, just you got to follow us on Twitter, folks. It's got to be we our, our Twitter followers are lacking. We need help. We need support there. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, yeah. I, did, I, I watched I didn't even watch my regular regiment of cartoons or anything. But, no. Oh, I know. I, right. I guess this is growing up. <laughs> <laughs> that was Drag Me to Hell from 2009. Holy shit. 2009. Uh, thank you, Megan, again, for sending us your request. You guys can also send us requests at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. And while you're at it, you know, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on SoundCloud. And more importantly, more than anything else, if you are enjoying the show, hop over to iTunes. Give us a rating and review. Give us a star rating. Subscribe there. All of that stuff apparently helps us out with getting out to more ears uh, you know, because of you guys, we were able to crack a thousand listens on the Sleepaway Camp episode, and I 100% attribute that to to you guys helping us out with the Twitter takedown that night because we got an insane amount of listens in just the first like three hours that that episode went live. Uh, so thank you for everything that you guys do. We are going to be giving you a bunch of cool new content as we get closer and closer to October. I'm pretty sure we've decided we will be releasing a Patreon. When is still up in the air. But all of that stuff is going to be happening soon, and we're really excited to see what the future for this podcast is going to be. And it's only possible because of you guys. So thank you again, especially if you're new listeners from you know me handing out business cards at San Diego or stumbling onto us through Reddit. Uh, all of it's awesome. Thank you guys so much. So don't forget, 
Send us requests at hmnpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll be back next week. Bye, guys. Enter bumper here. Jennifer Connelly is my, my lifetime crush. And, and so I never saw Phenomenon until I was 30-something. I, I, st- I stayed away from it because I was like, I know, she's underage. I don't want to watch it and say anything embarrassing. But, you know, like Jennifer Connelly in The Rocketeer and Jennifer Connelly in um, uh, Career prosp- career Opportunities. Is that what it's called? Oh, I have no fucking idea yeah, what you're even you're, talking you're about. The... Career Opportunities. Look, oh, a, lot of the, a lot of this is getting cut. So it's like... No. No, keep this in here. Jennifer Connelly, Career Opportunities. Jennifer Connelly, The Rocketeer. Hottest Dark City. Ever. Yes, and Dark City. Oh. Actress-wise, nothing tops that. All right, can we go back to talking about, about no. the movie Drag Me to Hell? It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 